All right, good morning, church. You, you, you made it. You made it. You slid all the way here, maybe. I don't know. It was pretty slippery this morning. Um, it's great. I'm glad you're here. Uh, it's, the, it's the first, first uh, you know, Sunday since Christmas. And so I don't know if you, but the 26 always feels a little odd. Like, should I be, you know, have decorations up still? Should I be singing Christmas songs still? I'm not a provocateur by any means, but uh, I'm so glad Christmas music is over. I'm just ready. I'm just ready to move on. Just ready to move on. So I'm sorry if that makes you hate me, but you know, it's just it's just a good time to listen to some other kind of music. But uh, um, but you know, it, it's 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 this weird kind of gap in between Christmas and New Year's, where we kind of are at that point where okay, Christmas was done. We've all kind of had this, you know, on overdrive. If you have little kids, it's that way too, right? Emotional overdrive, heading for Christmas. It's like you're planning and you're prepping and you're buying things and you're, you know, making cookies and sending out, you know, bragging letters to everybody about how great your family is, you know, and or making stuff off about how great they are. Um, I just want to do that once to just make up the craziest thing to see if anybody reads them anyway and calls me out on it. But anyway, soon, next year, I'll send them to you guys. But you kind of have this, and then all of a sudden, you, you Christmas, and then you're done, you're like, huh, okay, well, I guess we have this week now to kind of look back at this last year, or, you know, uh, kind of look and see, you know, what, what is the future holds, but next week, we're going to be doing that kind of look back, look forward thing, but, but, but today, we kind of have a standalone, not related to any any uh, sermon series, just kind of something that, that thought would be a good a good topic to cover. And, and for those of you that, that maybe have, you know, little kids, you may have had a, this conversation at some point about uh, gratitude or showing, showing thanks for what you were given or even threatened to take it away at some point, right? I don't know if any of you guys had that, but we, we had a couple of those conversations like, all right, well, I'll just take, I'll just take all their presents or something. We had some of those funny with our littles. It was pretty funny, but um, pretty typical, par for the course of little kids. But um, we, I thought it'd be great to kind of cover the idea of gratitude. Uh, the idea that that um, that we'd take some time in, in, in this right after Christmas, where everything was, you know, gifts and giving and getting, and all to, to finally just like, you know what? Let's just pause and talk about something that 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 has um, nothing to do with me getting something, but rather um, me being thankful for what I, what I've been given and what then I can give. And so I want, to, I want to talk about gratitude. I think it's, think that's a good place to go for now. And just so you know, for definition's sake, you know, gratitude is is it's the um, it's to express appreciation uh, for the blessings that you have. It's, it's, it's the expression, and why, why I really feel like it's important is that that word expression is that it is, it is us showing, showing thanks for what we have been given. And I feel like that is a, a hugely important topic, and I feel like it's something that um, it is, um, when, when experienced and when seen, it is so impactful. And when it is uh, not Seen and not given, it is uh, also really impactful, um, but not in, in a positive way. But relationally speaking, I mean, gratitude is, is it helps build relationships. It helps, helps build trust. It helps build, um, helps us influence other, pe- other people in, in, in a positive way where you can show gratitude and that, that kind of, you know, pays it forward a little bit. You know, relationally, gr- gratitude is key to also spiritually, 
Spiritually, gratitude kind of represents like the foundation of our, of our, our worship and our lives where we're, showing, um, we, where we're showing that we understand what God has done for us. And so we're, we're reacting to that in our worship. We're reacting to that in how we live our lives. That's kind of what we're gonna unpack a little bit further today, uh, even personally. Personally, um, gratitude, it's the, the, we experience fulfillment when we live a gracious life and when we show gratitude, we, we're more joyful, we're happier, we're healthier. One of the interesting things to look at when studying this is how um, extensively this idea of gratitude has been studied and even researched on a, in a, on, on a secular level, kind of the impacts of gratitude. And I, I, I found it interesting. There's a the study done by one of, one of the studies. There's, there's tons, but one done by Harvard found that that there were some uh, the benefits of being gracious or showing gratitude, and some of the side effects that are associated with it are this: one is uh, people who are uh, gracious experience greater happiness. Uh, people who are uh, gracious are more optimistic or more positive. They have more positive emotions. They are in better health. Um, they have fewer aches and pains, which is kind of interesting. Um, they're more alert and, and, um, and have more determination. They have increased generosity and empathy. You feel gracious, you're there. Uh, you get better sleep, evidently. So, you know, I think if, you're, if your spouse isn't sleeping well, in the middle of the night, just say, hey, you should be uh, more grateful. <laughs> That'll go well. That'll go really well. You should totally do it. And then just cover up, because, yeah. But that study said better sleep. But, uh, and, then, and then another is just uh, improve self-esteem. If you're more gracious, they, they, they're gonna, now, now I'm not gonna give you like a self-help talk by any means, but I thought it was interesting where, you know, when, when you know, scientists or psychologists or sociologists, whoever does these kind of tests come up with these results of how, how good showing gratitude is, it's kind of one of the things like, as a Christian, you're like, well, yeah, that's like our whole thing. You know, whole thing is a response to what God has done um, you know, and, and, and it's just interesting that you can find, you know, scientifically, so to speak, the benefits. When we, we already know, if you've been walked with the Lord for a while, you already know that, hey, there's, there's stuff there that, 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 that's already, that we just know this. And so it's kind of fun to see how it, how it plays out other ways. But, but here's the problem. Here's the problem as, as, as I see it and it's something that I think I, I kind of feel strongly about is too often our, our gratitude or our thankfulness is something that only we Experience only the individual experiences, and I think I think why why I see it as as a problem is that is that um, I think there's so many blessings that aren't meant to just be something that I internalize, and it only stay within me. Th- think about this: I, I I love going to movies. I still like going out um, to movies. They do still happen. <laughs> you know, we don't you can't just you can stream live at the old mill theater. I do that. We go and we I, I love. Seen, I've seen a lot of bad movies, I've seen a lot of good movies, but can you imagine going to a movie? Best movie you've ever seen, it was like, whether you're into comedies, like the funniest thing ever, or like the most, it had made like a real poignant point, or was had a good twist. Can you imagine watching that, and then coming, leaving, and just not talking about it again? And you're sitting here like, man, that movie was amazing, it was great, it was this, that, but you never tell anybody about it. You never recommend it. You never ask if anybody else has seen it so you can discuss it. Like, can you imagine that happening? Like, I can't. I can't because I love, uh, you know, rehashing the the funny lines are in. I'm sure everyone watched Elf probably seven times this season. And like, there's all those funny lines in there you just love to go over and over and over and over and over, right? Um, You're thinking about them right now, but you gotta wait till next year because we're, you know, we're past that. (laughs) We've moved on already. 
But can you imagine doing that? It's just not, it's not normal. It doesn't feel right because, because when you feel something so strongly inside, you just, you want to share it. You want to talk about it. You want to, and, and you want to express it and you want to, you know, interact with it. And so, and so when we have gratitude, the point is that it's supposed to go somewhere, not just be inside of us. The problem is we'll, we'll keep it in. And we're aware of the blessings in our lives. We're aware of the good things that have happened, but nobody else is. Maybe even the people that caused some of the wonderful things to happen, maybe they don't even know. And you're just kind of holding it in. And I see that as a problem. And we'll kind of unpack why. Let's, let's take some time looking at what the Bible says about gratitude. So I'm going to give kind of some, some verses that kind of shape a little bit of the general, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get more specific here. But let's look at just big picture, 2 Corinthians 9.15 foundationally when it comes to gratitude says thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift we just celebrated that gift didn't we Christmas birth of Jesus and Paul is saying here he's like thanks be to God for the inexpressible gift that gift was so good that I'm giving thanks because of that gift move, move to another uh, letter from Paul Colossians 2 6 and 7 says therefore as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thankfulness. Abounding in thankfulness. So as, just as you received Jesus, we're, we're supposed to walk in him, rooted in him, and, and our, our whole life is supposed to be abounding with things. So that, that Greek word there brings the connotation. Some of your, your versions may say, um, or your Bibles may say, that you know, that use the word um, uh, overflow, to, to uh, have a, an, an excessive amount, to have more than you need. It's this idea of just overflowing gratitude should be in the, in, in the Christian's heart always because of Jesus Christ and what he's done. We should just walk around being thankful for that. It's, the, it's this idea that we can't keep it in. When, when, when you, you know, have a, a, a uh, one cup measuring cup and you're pouring, you know, two cups into it, it's gonna overflow. It's just, you know, this is what happens. And when, and when God gives us these blessings, our life should just overflow. It should spill out verbally. It should spill out physically. It should spill out every area of our life. People should see it and we should be showing it. And so kind of my first point that I come to is this, is that gratitude begins with our understanding and expression of God's love. That our gratitude begins with our understanding and expression of God's love. It starts with us understanding what Jesus did for us. It starts with him, us knowing he died on the cross, but then also it's us expressing God's love in our life through that. Another kind of key verse when you're on this topic that you just have to mention because it's so powerful is First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Paul again saying, rejoice always, Pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That we are to, we are to you know, rejoice, to pray without ceasing, and then to give thanks in all circumstances give thanks in all. What I love about that is, it, is it's not saying that, you know, if you're going, that, that you're supposed to give thanks for all circumstances, that you're supposed to give thanks because terrible things are happening to you. No, no, no. We can give thanks in 
that circumstance because of, of God's love, because he's taken care of us before, because I've seen him take care of who God is. We can thank God f- in the circumstance, but I, I don't need to thank God that, that you know, this, this terrible thing's happened, but I can thank God in the midst of that. And so when Paul's talking to the church in uh, Thessalonica, he's, he's, he's not telling them that, that they should um, you know, celebrate bad things. What he's saying is you, you can celebrate God's love for you. You can celebrate his faithfulness. You can celebrate his love in those kind of situations. And so we show our gratitude no matter what the external is. We can still show our gratitude with that. And that's a powerful concept to think because so often we're on this emotional roller coaster where good things are happening. You know, God is great. Bad things are happening. Where did he go? You know, God is great. I'm saying we were on these, and you've been there, I've been there, and, and we, we get so caught up in the circumstance, and Paul's like, pump the brakes. Like, hold on. Like, you, we, through Jesus Christ and what he's done in our life, can, sit, can say that I'm going to give thanks to God even when I'm going through it even when I'm going through it. And if, and, and if you're one of those who's gone through it and you've come out of it and, and you're thinking to yourself, yeah, I've been there, I've been in that circumstance and, and, and God was with me and, and now I say I can, I wanna encourage you to share that with somebody because there's people who are going through it now who are in it and are saying to themselves, how does this verse even work, right? So those of you guys who have gone through it, it's just the Lord wants you to be passing that on to be, and, to be, and to be sharing what he's done in your own life and, and showing and being grateful for what he's done by sharing it with other people. So just be praying for opportunities for that. That's just kind of a side note there. But here's the, kind of the, the, the point of that is this, is that, is that being grateful for what God has done for me gives strength for whatever happens to me. That we can, can be grateful for what, he, what he's done. And that gratefulness can give us that strength to keep going through the circumstance that we're in now. It's easy when, when, there's, when there's pain, there's hurt and there's suffering to really kind of just focus and get in our own kind of emotional um, uh, bubble because there's some real hard life things that happen. But I think when we can just look, stop and, and think, okay, God is so good and he's taken care of me before and he's taken care of it. In other words, it kind of gets us out of that funk. We're like, you know what, Lord, thank you for being with me through this. And, and it doesn't make sense a lot of times how, that how God does that, but, but he does. And, that, and that's how he works. And so we have kind of this biblical foundation where we see it show up. And I could, there's tons of verses on, on this, this topic, but we have kind of a little bit of a foundation there. But I want to talk about a couple of Jesus stories now where he has an interaction with people with the expressed desire to see gratefulness played out in their lives. So let's, let's take a look at that. And so uh, I'm going to go through uh, Luke 17. There's a story of Jesus uh, in the 10 lepers, not 10 leopards, 10 lepers. I think I mispronounced it a little bit last service. That would be a great story. I wish there was one about <laughs> Jesus and the 10 leopards, but it's not a thing. It's just me not enunciating correctly. So uh, Jesus and the 10 lepers, uh, Luke 17 uh, and 11, and I'm going to kind of stop and go through this because I think there's some subtleties here that we really got to grasp before we are, are, are going through. But here we go. Uh, ver- verse 11 starts, uh, on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance. 
Now let's just pause for a sec. There we got we got some some geography playing into this, um, and, and and we got some some um, sociology playing into this. So first of all, the, the geography we got we got between right between Samaria and Galilee. That's that's a that's a an important geographic location. That means you have uh, uh, lepers who it's a, it's a disease that just numbs your body. You don't know you're hurting yourself. It's super contagious. And so you get to like, you know, distance from each other, which is, you know, we can totally relate to that right now, but you got to like distance each other because like if you got it, you're unclean and we're going to send you out. And so you have these two towns, both have people who are unclean and they just send them the other direction and they meet in the middle and you got a, a group of folks that are together. Uh, Samaritans, and you have, you know, Jews together, and, and they, they, if they were healthy, would not want to be close to each other. They do not like each other. They do not, they do not blend well. There's some bad blood. There's some, there's some legitimate anger between those two. I shouldn't say legitimate. There's some real anger between those two. Um, not legitimate, but, but real. And that's where we get, you know, stories of the Good Samaritan is impactful because you have somebody who's, who's helping, so, you know, a Jew who's not. And we see it played out in the Bible elsewhere, but you have the center location where you got, you got Jews and you have Samaritans both suffering from, from a disease that'll eventually kill them. It's a lonely disease. It's a it's something where, where uh, they, they cannot be around family unless, of course, their family has uh, leprosy as well, which, which, you know, probably not, but they, they're, they're in this town and then Jesus walks up to this mix and there's, there's 10 that are there and instantly, um, instantly, um, they, they, they end up recognizing. Let's go ahead and read, read about that in verse 13. It says this, in verse 13, they lifted up their voices saying, Jesus Master, have mercy on us. So you have this group identifying who he is, so they know who Jesus called him by name, and they know uh, kind of what he is, because they, they give him the title master. So they, they know him, they know who he is, and they probably know kind of what he can do. They probably know there's, there's, you know, there's a spiritual authority there, and they just, from afar, so they're still keeping their distance because they do know that just, you know, they don't want to go up to him. That's kind of, you know, they've been trained. That's kind of, you just don't, you don't get close. And he's saying, that they say, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So not only are they invoking his name and who he is, but they're actually acknowledging the fact, show, show mercy on us means, okay, they know that he has some sort of, of um, you know, cloud some sort of power where he has the ability to show mercy on them. And so you got this group there, and, and so we re, keep reading in 14, Jesus' response, and it says, when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. It's kind of an interesting response. Interesting response. And so we read this, we think, okay, Jesus' first thing is like, all right, you know what, go to the priest. And they went and they're clean. But when you really kind of unpack the, the cultural significance there, like these people had a label. They were unclean. They were in a category. Don't touch them, get away from them. Like, you know, they, they were unclean, not suitable to be in proper society by any means. And so they were, they were outcasts. And so if, if they were to ever not be, they would have to be labeled as clean. And the way that they did that was they went to, to the priest and, they, and they, they got that title. Now, we have to read into a little bit of this, but when he says, okay, go to the temple, essentially saying, okay, you guys are, you guys are, are, are go to the temple and you know, you'll, you'll, be, you'll be cleaned. And they just head out 
and they just kind of go. And I don't know if this is, if it was like instant that they were healed. I, I, I doubt it because of some other stuff we'll read, but they just had like, all right, I guess we'll go. Just, I mean, maybe we're clean. Maybe we'll go. And it says they started to go. And so, and so in, 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 their, in their minds, I'm just trying to get into the stories that they're, they're, they're recognizing Jesus has come. They're recognizing him as master, recognizing that he can show mercy. And, and he says, all right, guys, you know, why don't you go ahead and go to the, 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 the priest and you can get, uh, get clean. You know, you can go get your, your uh, you know, cleansing uh, passport card that they can show. But they're, they're totally, you know, well. And, and so it says in the, ne- in the next verse, and this is kind of why we can look into this. It says, um, uh, well, actually, the end of 14 there, you know, and they, on their way, they were cleaned. Verse 15, as we go in. And one of them, uh, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, just one, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Interesting to put it just that way. He was a Samaritan, period. Then Jesus answered, were there not 10 cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found uh, to return and, and give praise to God except this foreigner? Uh, and he said to them, rise, go on your way. Your faith has made you well. So we know that as, while they were going, they realized, hold on, I'm, I'm better. So, so they were traveling. I don't know how long, could be two steps, could be you know half a mile, could be two miles. I don't know, we don't know. All we know is that as they were going, they realized him clean. And one of them was like, wait a minute. I should tell him thank you. <laughs> and I mean, I just, I picture it like, are they all in a row? Hey guys, should we go back? Like, I think we're clean now. And you know, they're like, no, no, no. I mean, I'm not, they're probably thankful, but it's like, should we go say thank you? Ah, and no, don't worry about it. We're just gonna go to the priest and get our, get our clean cards and we'll be fine. You know, it's like, but she's like, no guys, I'm just gonna go back. Just hold on, wait for me. Or they, I mean, what, I, it's, I'm having trouble. Why them knowing they're clean and not going back and, and worshiping God for it. I'm trying to understand why, and I don't know. I just know that this one went back, sat at Jesus' feet, worshiped him, praised him, thanked him, showed his gratitude, and, and Jesus is like, where's everybody else? I thought there were 10, and I thought they were clean. And, and, and why is the Samaritan the one coming? He's the one who, if anyone culturally should not have come because the Samaritans and the Jews, you know, were, did not get along. And so that's why I think Luke points this out and, and, you know, said now he was a Samaritan. Like that's the sentence there. It's like he was a Samaritan. So culturally that, that didn't mix, but it did. He showed, he was so grateful that he broke even those boundaries to, to sit before Jesus, recognize who he was, thank him. And then Jesus says, you know, attribute his faith, his faith as, as helping make him, make him well. Now, the others, they may have been thankful. In fact, I'd be, I'd be really, it's really hard to believe they wouldn't be thankful because their life was given back to them. So they clearly, I mean, I'm gonna get, we're thankful, but they just didn't come back. They just didn't, for whatever reason, externalize it to, to Jesus. They didn't, they didn't show it. They just kept it in, except for the one, and Jesus points him out, acknowledges his faith, and, and really uh, uses them as, as the example of what gratitude should look like. It's not that the others didn't feel it. It's not even the others didn't think it. It's that they, they didn't show it. 
They, they may have down the road. I don't know. But all we know is what we, what we get in Luke here, they, they just didn't show it, and, and that wasn't right. And Jesus points that out. Because a lot of times we think of being thankful as, as just, I need to be thankful. I need to feel it. I need to think it. I need to know it. And, and then I'm good. But here that Jesus was saying, no, no, it's, it's good to show it. In fact, it's admirable to show your gratitude. It's admirable to express it. I remember this one, this one moment where, you know, I wish I was the hero of this story, but I'm not. But um, there was, a, uh, there was a, a student of mine, or not a student of mine, but a, a student in the youth group that I was um, interning in, in, in college. And I had been a, um, back in 90-something, I'd been a, a camp counselor. And a couple kids were in it that were at a, a church in Salem, and I was going to start working at that church in Salem, and so I, I was their camp counselor and really connected with them, and, you know, at camp, and then found out we were, you know, they were going to be at that youth group, and it was, kind of, it was fun. So for the next four years, as I went to college there and, and interact with them, I was able to, we did, you know, Bible study together, and, you know, just spent a lot of time just mentoring them, and, and you know, going through, they went through, you know, a lot of hard things in their life through their, their, um, through their time, but, you know, we just, we were doing life together, and I was their youth leader, and, and kind of trying to have a mentor role, and kind of trying to, you know, challenge them with verses, and encourage them to, you know, do this, and avoid that, and, and, and really developed a great relationship, and sometimes when you're doing ministry, if you've ever been a youth worker, there's just some students you connect with, and you just, it's a, it's easy, it's just easy to connect with them, and they um, became friends even afterwards, but uh, it was, it was about, you know, 10 years after I moved here and he was still back in, in Salem and he, he calls me up and says, hey, you know, can I come by? And I'm like, sure, but you're two and a half to three hours away depending on, you know, the traffic in, from Salem to here. And I said, yeah. He's like, you know, is your family there? I was like, yeah, yeah, family's there. And s- single guy, not a, didn't have a family. The kids weren't gonna play or anything like that, you know? And, and he's like, okay, great, I'm gonna come by. Got something for you. I'm like, okay, that's weird. Because I don't, we don't give gifts. It's just something we don't, anyway. But um, it, it, so he comes and, and you know, hey, how are you? You know, home. we just sit down, talk, the whole fam's there. I think, you know, we had, I think, three kids at the time and um, just talking. All of a sudden he like pulls out like a box, like this, this like present. It's not Christmas time, by the way. It just brings out a present and just starts to kind of share like how thankful he was for, you know, impact his life and, you know, all these, just all these things. I was like kind of blown away. And then he gives us, it was a, a brand new Xbox. It was the Xbox one when it like first came out. And I was like, whoa, hold on. You know, my, my kids were, you know, freaking out and they were excited about it. And it was just like this, like, you know, and, it, but, it, but like, I'm sitting here like, okay, this guy's coming and like sharing all these things that he's grateful for. And like, I'm feeling so grateful, like for what's happening in the moment. It was this like weird, you know, wait, this is you, you're being grateful, but like, why is it affecting me so much? I mean, cause I kind of, I kind of understood that we connected all that, but like it just, it, he came out two and a half hours and he just, you just shared it. Then he gave this, you know, the, the gift. And I, I don't think I've actually played that Xbox since. And this was 10 years ago. My kids were just like, you know, wrapped up, but it was just a moment for me that I was like, this is really cool. Like this, I'm feeling so grateful for this guy showing the gratitude. And, and I think, I think uh, as I look back at my life, I think that's a moment where, where I, I've seen it played out, not that I'm the hero, but I saw somebody living it out and it made a huge impact on me. It made a huge impact on me. And, and I think the point is this, is, is that, is that and, and, and my point is one of the points up there is expressing gratitude rather than feeling it changes lives. 
expressing gratitude rather than feeling it changes lives. And, and, and I'm very intentional with the wording here because, because when I feel gratitude, it's a good thing and it, and it affects me. And it, and it impacts me. And I, 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 I'm, I'm, that, that's a good thing. It's a very good thing. But when I express the gratitude, well, now it gets outside of me. Now it's impacting whoever is a, a, around that I'm expressing gratitude towards, and it starts spreading. So do, do, do you see why, why that makes a big impact? Do you see why that could, that could maybe be something that God would want us to, to express even more? Um, uh, here's another Jesus story that I think kind of helps uh, show Jesus' desire for us. And I'm going to kind of um, summarize a little bit of, of the story. But, but you have the, the story, if you've been around church and all, there's a story of Jesus on the Sea of Galilee, and there's a big storm that comes up, and Jesus is kind of napping in the back, and the, the disciples think they're going to die, and they wake him up, and they're like, Jesus, we're all going to die. What are you doing? He says, Come on, guys. Like, you still don't believe? Like, you know, just calms the storm. And it's flat, and he kind of uses his teaching moment. You know, you have no, you know, you have little faith. Well, well, it's on, it's on kind of the next stop for them that they end up at this town and this dock in this area. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing this right, but um, Gerasen, the in Gerasen, and Jesus has Jesus' disciples have a an interaction with someone who's been kind of an outcast on the edge of town, a, a man who's been referred to in, in uh, Luke eight as the the demoniac, and so he he's a demon oppressed man and battled for tormented for for a long time, and and is an outcast from the town. They sent him out, tried to chain him, couldn't chain him, tattered clothes, just probably a miserable existence. And, and he's just, he's just on like in a cave somewhere. And so Jesus rolls up and, and he sees Jesus and comes down and Jesus has this, you know, this, um, you know, just a, like a power move with these demons, just throws them out of him and like heals the guy. Okay. Heals this guy. Miracle. Amazing. Like guy probably didn't think it was going to happen. Never have like freedom from that kind of bondage, but Jesus comes and and like, like a boss just throws the demons out and and acknowledges who he is. And the guy, the, the, we pick up the guy's response here in Luke eight thirty eight thirty nine. Let's let's go ahead and read. The man from whom uh, the demons had had gone begged that he might be with him. Jesus, but Jesus sent him away saying, return to your home, declare how much God has done for you. And he went away proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. Now it's a simple little, you know, story, but think about that. Think about that. This guy had an first maybe only encounter with Jesus he's ever had. We don't know, but he comes to, and, and, and Jesus heals him. He's like, I want to go with you. I'm, I'm with you, you know, teach me, uh, you know, you got these disciples here, maybe I can be one of them, like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll trust you through a storm, I don't know, you know, put me in there, and Jesus is like, hold on, nope, you're going to stay here, you're going to stay here, because this is your home, and I want you to share with these people what God's done, I want you to, to show gratitude to God, and, and you're going to do that by telling everyone what happened, I mean, can you imagine being in the town? You see this guy coming up. You're like, oh man, come on, not again. Like, go get the chains, like get the crew together. We got to protect ourselves. The guy's going to beat us up again. And, you know, it's going to be weird. And, 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 you know, so he has this, this moment. I imagine they see him off in the distance and he gets there and like, hold on. Like something, something's different with this guy. Something changed. Like some, like, what is this? And, and they interact with them. And all of a sudden they hear this guy met Jesus. 
not only did he meet Jesus, Jesus healed him. And, and now this guy who used to be like feared, used to be, you know, tormented, used to be someone that was just this get out of here, was like, what just happened to you? Can you imagine the impact that, that had on that city? Can you imagine like those people hearing how grateful he is? It, I imagine there's a lot of people that gave their lives to Jesus through that. I imagine this guy, through his gratitude and through his expression of gratitude, there were a lot of lives changed. But what if he just went in and they're like, oh, hey, you got like clothes on or you got like, they're not ripped. Hmm. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, it's great. And then just, you know, sits down or whatever. You know, but can you imagine? He goes in there and doesn't, do, doesn't say a thing, doesn't do a thing, just, you know, keeps it all in, feeling all this gratitude, feeling all this thankfulness, you know, knowing what Jesus did and then just sitting on it. Doesn't that feel weird to just think about? Well, like, why would we do that? Now, I don't know if any of us have as dramatic stories as that. Maybe you do. I don't. But, but I can still show my gratitude. I can still show, tell people about the good things God's done. I can still live a grateful life. We're not meant to hold it inside. We're not meant to bottle all that up and just, and just, and just feel it. It's good to feel it. It's good to have it. It's good to be thankful, but we're not meant to stop there. We need to go that extra step. I want you to think how you can show gratitude in your life. I want you to think about who you can show gratitude towards. I, I, I want you to think about what an overflow of thankfulness looks like in your life. Like, what does that look like? I don't know what it looks like, um, and, and I don't even want to tell you because I want to let the Holy Spirit like, just reveal that to you. What does that look like to you? We're, we're actually going to, I, th- I think, end in, a, in, a, in one of the best ways you can with a sermon like this, and the worship will come up here, um, but, but we're going to be looking at, the, at, at, at communion and, and gratefulness through that, but, but I want to I I finish by bringing that point up one more time, that the, the point of the expressing gratitude <laughs> is through song. And so I wrote a little number for you guys to, uh, it's called Attitude or Gratitude, just write every time. And, no, no, just kidding. Sorry to disappoint you, I'm not, I'm not actually singing. But it's, it's the expressing gratitude, uh, rather than feeling it, changes lives. It's that it's the expressing gratitude, rather than feeling it changes lives. The Lord wants you, wants to use your story, how he's worked in your life to overflow to others. Be thinking and praying about how we can do that. And I want to move into a time where we of communion here, and, and we're not we're gonna we're gonna take this at, at the end. But but I want I want us to to really think this this uh, these communion cups this represents the the core the foundation of our gratitude and our thankfulness, because the the bread and the cup represent Jesus' body that was broken for us. They represent Jesus' blood that was, that was shed, that he died on a cross for us so that we could be forgiven. Um, it, that's the reason why we should be showing all this gratitude because I am forgiven, that, that, that I am a sinner that's in need of a savior and that savior is Jesus Christ. And I am thankful for that. And I need to live that way. And so we're gonna sing uh, one last song, and then at the end we're gonna kind of we're gonna revisit and, and take communion um, together. But but let's be thinking of of two things 
One is, is I want to be thinking about how I can show gratitude, you know, when I go from here, kind of in my life. Um, and I also want to then think about how we can show gratitude through Jesus Christ. And so as, as you stand, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray, and then we're going to sing one last song. So um, let's pray. Um, Lord Jesus, we, um, we are thankful. God, we just celebrated your son's birth yesterday. Lord, Christmas, when, when, when Jesus came to earth, Lord, um, we are thankful for that. But, but more so, Lord, we are thankful for his sacrifice. That, that, that your son was sent and lived a perfect life, died on the cross for our sins um, so that I could be forgiven, Lord. And, 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 and I pray that my life can show it. I pray that I, I would just overflow with, with gratitude and that all of us here could do the same thing, Lord. And as we sing this last song, may these words be a, be a prayer to you. And may they honor you. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you be speaking to each one of us, guiding us in our thoughts as we are, are processing how grateful we are to you and then how we can show our gratefulness later. We love you, Lord, and we just, we just thank you. And um, we now sing this song, Lord, um, for you and you alone.